Corporate Unplugged opens the door to a world of people transforming business. They share their dreams, their experiences, and what they would never give up. I'm so glad to have Petronella Panerus here with me. Welcome to my podcast, Petronella. Thank you so much for having me. Petronella Paneras is the CEO of advertising agency Orkestam Holst, driven by the big mission to create good. And they were recently awarded the International Agency of the Year. I really think that we all have an opportunity and also, in a way, an obligation to make things better. But having potential is not always the same as doing something with it for impact. But you actually do, and your agency does. So you, you create ways to scale really voices to make a very good impact. You are a powerful tool. What change are you really seeking or loving to have through your agency? Well, I think that advertising agencies, communication agencies, we have a responsibility, but we are trying to make the public space and the media space a little more tasteful rewarding and entertaining, I think. Try not to litter. And as an agency, we try to use good values in order to do that. So mm -hmm. we have something, a guidance star that's create good. Mm -hmm. And we work around that for ideas and for recruitment and everything. That's, mm -hmm. We try to be an example of the industry and take on that responsibility. Uh, because we are you know, they ask, why do you need an agency? What good are you in the world as a communication agency? And I think we're the lubricant in a machinery, and the machinery is the market economy. But we can change processes, we can change consumer minds to buy more ecological, to buy sustainable products, to change consumer patterns, and even the willingness to buy quality instead of uh, going for low price products and see the value in that. Mm. Does it often happen that you say no or eventually say no to, to a project or even a client in the midst of a process if you see that somehow they represent or stand for some values that you are not aligned with? That has happened mm. and uh, probably will happen in the future as well. We have our value book that we go through with especially a new client. These are the values Augustine stands for mm -hmm. and how we work and how we interact and mm -hmm. what we believe in. So even from the starting point, we talk about that and we have a common agreement about how we want to work with each other. And then sometimes it doesn't work out and mm -hmm. we do because you know, I'm, as a CEO, I have an obligation to mm -hmm. the employees here and since we believe in the same things, we have to stand up for what we believe in. I mm. think that's very important. Mm. Sure. I love that when people and companies and organizations, for that matter, have this kind of backbone, you know, because I think that really then you are like a magnet, that you're attracting the right people and you're also repellent to certain people, which is also, you know, good because you should be on the same wavelengths to produce magic stuff. Yeah. And given all your awards, I was when I was entering here. I mean, there's a whole wall, <laughs> and then now also you have this international award that we mentioned yeah. at the, in the introduction. So there is some kind of magic in this place, I'm sure, because otherwise those things don't necessarily happen. 
But how would you say if you would like other people to, you know, look and learn from you? You know, what? How are you all organized or shaped to deliver this? We have created an agency that attracts talent. People is everything. And sometimes I get the question, how come you won all these awards? And it's by putting people first. Mm-hmm. You know, being open to people's personality, individuality, and genius. Uh, then we can produce the best work that is unique and personal and breaks barriers. We are also extremely good at uh, strategic uh, insights. We work very tight with business insight and the creativity. And mm-hmm. I think that has also helped us. It's sort of is a, is a wheel mm-hmm. and they coexist. We are a very non-hierarchical organization. You know, we attract the best client directors, the best creatives, the best uh, art, uh, final art people. And, you know, people who are mm. used to make their own decisions. So why should we have a lot of managers running them? They don't want that, you know. So what we have, the boss, is our idea. We work together for the cause of the idea. We're not calling it the big idea, we call it the long idea, because we want the idea to be, uh, you know, be sustainable and work for a long, long time. Mm. But that's how we organize. Very few managers, mm. very flat organization, and the idea is actually the boss for us. Mm. Do you have an example, just you know, the top of your mind, of such a you know, long-term idea that you've um, produced or made for any company recently? For IKEA, uh, where life happens, is mm-hmm. one that we worked with and is a foundation that we we use in everything. We use it here at Orkestam Halls. IKEA uses internally in mm-hmm. their execution in stores. Mm-hmm. So that's one. And if you find a good, uh, a long idea, mm-hmm. it's so much easier to work for everyone mm-hmm. because you have something to cling on. Who would you define that Orkestam Halls is made for? Maybe I can divide it into two, employees mm-hmm. and clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for employees, Augustum are the, for those who have great talent, prepared to work hard, and who also is a good person and a team player, because it's mm. very important to be able to work together. Because we, as I said mm. before, we work via the idea, and you need to be a team player. So if you combine competitive spirit with curiosity, mm. uh, stress hardness, and a good mood, you will absolutely recognize yourself at in Orkestam Holst. Mm. And we also really want uh, the time everyone spends at agencies to be the best time in the advertising industry. Mm. So if you recognize yourself in these words, please contact us. (laughs) (laughs) But it it is uh, because we work hard, but we work Mm. hard with our heart and our souls. Mm. And for clients, I touched on that before. I think Orkestam is the right partner for clients who believe that communication actually can achieve something uh, in the communication, but also who has the confidence and the mandate within the organization to actually make decisions. So you're prepared to stand for and um, can drive through the changes we, we do together. I know that inclusiveness and you know, true diversity is something very close to your heart. Why is that? We need to represent 
And it's our duty actually to reflect on how Sweden looks like today. It doesn't look like it did 30 years ago. And it sometimes is hard to change, but we have to. So we have to be representative within the agency. And I think that mm. comes from me growing up in Sweden in the 60s with a father who had a non-Nordic appearance and also with a mother who was uh, alone with three children. Mm. and. On top of that, she's bipolar. So mm. I had, you know, I had some challenges while I was growing mm. up, mm -hmm. and not looking like the rest of my friends. I had dark, curly hair, a big mouth, and green eyes. And my friends ha were blonde, all blonde, all blue eyes, all uh, uh, living in uh, these idyllic families. Everyone wanted me to feel included, but I didn't always feel included. So for me, that's, it's about who you are that matters, mm. not how you look like. Mm. I also lived in a very poor neighborhood. And in Sweden, 30 years ago, living in a poor neighborhood, that was, it was an experience, but the friendship, I've never felt anything like that after, because we really took care of each other. There was mm. so much love between us, because we knew it's mm. us against them, sort of. <laughs> but in a positive yeah. way, we had to take care of each other. But unfortunately, it's, it is unfortunate because mm. we were about 10, 12 people and uh, I and George, a friend of mine, are the only ones who actually are alive today or not sitting in prison. And somehow, when I look back, mm. I think some of the, our friends could actually smell who was going to sort of make it and who were not. Mm. So they were always on our side. Mm -hmm. You know, don't you need to go home and do your homework? I can join you to your, to your gymnastics. You know, they took care, we took care of each other mm -hmm. in a very beautiful way. <laughs> yeah, but this sense of um, belonging, uh, today everybody talks about tribes and communities mm -hmm. and so on, right? And where you really also need each other, not only for survival, but where you get that strong connection support, that's where the tribe comes out yes. and where there isn't you know, authentic feeling to it as well. In terms of your, what you would call a passion, you know, things that you're also willing to suffer for if needed and so on, what would you say is your passion? If passion is to be, re be prepared for resistance, but still there to stand behind it, it's like if I see an ink drop trying to come through the pure water, mm. I fight for not having it to spread. It doesn't matter how hard it is, I do. And I think that's both personally mm -hmm. and as a role as a CEO. But in my role as a CEO, it's never to compromise between what is good for the agency mm -hmm. and the people who work here in the long run in relation to short-term profits. Because running a, an agency, a world-class agency, is like running a marathon. It's not like short sprints. Mm. And that's uh, sort of my passion. And I can walk through fire mm. in order to make sure that that happens. And that's an obligation both to the employees and but for myself. Because I know we have to th think long term in order to be successful. Could also be fairness. Fairness is one of my passions. Mm -hmm. and that also comes from, I think, my background, uh, because no one has the right to step on another person. It doesn't matter who you are. 
Mm. We should treat each other with respect. For me, it's a simple rule is treat other people the way you would like to be treated, right? Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. Be honest, be nice, all this. There are some core values that are extremely important and that I think we lost somewhere. But looking back at uh, Jesus and his life, you know, and he was most, not certainly, he was not uh, uh, successful in the short run, you know, he gets crucified, but in the long run mm -hmm. for what he stood for. It's very important for us now, 2,000 years later, mm. in a way. Mm. Yeah. Sure. And in terms of um, transformational points that we all have in our lives, which ones have influenced you the most? One thing uh, was when I wrote the business plan for what was to be the first digital agency in uh, Sweden, uh, the first digital media agency, I should say, because that game is sort of some courage and I felt that okay I can actually achieve something mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. see it actually taking form. The second one would be when I started to work at a real advertising agency uh, called Lowbrimfors and I met Ulla Andersson who was a strategist and board member there mm -hmm. because Ulla saw something in me and mm -hmm. she really guided me through my first year and you know took care of me and taught me a lot of mm -hmm. important things. Mm -hmm. And then I think, and this might sound silly, I can call it the meatballs, maybe, but I don't fancy cooking that much. But I, I have a couple of dishes that I do. And this, this was maybe 20 years ago, and my boy, then boyfriend, he always laughed because, you know, when I put in a, a fish gratin in the oven, it came out like a meatloaf, you know, it was always <laughs> such a surprise. Then one day I got really, you know, I wanted to have meatballs. So I uh, looked at the recipe and I prepared the meatballs and I let him taste and he said, my God, these are one of the best meatballs I have eaten, tasted, what have you done? And I said, I follow the recipe. For the, you know, and I really realized, what did I do? I follow the recipe, you know. Probably a chef or someone has tried to make meatballs for a long time and actually succeeded in this recipe. So why not follow that? Why do you have to do things your own way when mm -hmm. people, there are certain things that actually can be followed. So that was, and I have actually had that with me for many years. Sometimes you don't have to do things, invent things again and again and again, because someone has already tried and tested it. Just go for it. And at the same time, there is this balancing act that everybody wants to express something that is their own, right? In leadership, you know, you have the structure and you have the processes. And those are the same, you know. You need the processes, you need the structure. Don't invent that. You know, sometimes you, maybe you have to do that as well, but there are some things that you can actually use again and again and again. What is the long-term solutions for business that you believe in? It can be organizations as well, of course. I would say honesty, openness, and clarity are always the best in all situations, I think. And for me, I, I think I'm also pretty good at evaluate people. I have sort of a bullshit filter I can see through. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is also important, uh, I think, uh, to understand people and have a conversation with people. And this so-called bullshit filter has been developed over the years, or is that something that you've had like within you all the time, some kind of an inner radar that you can 
feel if something is honest or coming from the right place? Mm -hmm. I think it's something I have developed, but it has always been within me. And I think also, it, if I go back to my childhood, mm -hmm. you know, having a bipolar mother, you know, it was heaven and hell growing up. But what it taught me was to read the room because it made it life so much easier for me when I did. And, so, and, and mm -hmm. I, ha I have evolved that in a way. Mm -hmm. I sometimes say I can smell things. <laughs> <laughs> but it's helped me a lot. And I'm very seldom, and I don't know if you call mm -hmm. it intuition or whatever, but it's mm -hmm. also a skill you learn, you know. Where was your father from, actually? He's half Italian and half Arabic, huh. North Africa. So that's um, why you have these special attractive looks <laughs> as well. Yeah. The mix. I, don't know. The mix. Yeah. I was called the bastard in the family, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah. And my mother, she couldn't keep her last name. I think it was pretty tough for her and for me and my sisters, but we made it. Mm. We stood strong. And uh, coming to back to the inclusiveness, of course, mm -hmm. being called the bastard from your own family, you know, that says something. Mm -hmm. I'm one of these dandelion children, I think, mm -hmm. you know. If you have one or two around you who loves you, then that's all you need. Mm. Exactly. If you, um, let's dream a little bit and say that you have all kinds of doors open to you and all resources available. Is there anything you would innovate or change? In the larger perspective, I would work for closing the gaps in the society. For example, by reforming the school system. So everyone has the same chance uh, from early ages. And in addition, I would invest a lot of new sustainable technology to change the planet. And that's even more important now. You know, the last years we've seen what's going on. But it is the school system for the democracy and how important it is that we get the same education so we can talk over borders. Is there anything in particular that you see around you every day that you would like to change or innovate? No, but I can start here at Orkestam Holst, you know, mm -hmm. uh, have people talk more with each other, understand each other more. Mm -hmm. You know, we have what we call a development fund so everyone has a certain amount of money to develop themselves mm -hmm. and what I can tell for the last couple of years more and more of mm -hmm. our employees are, are going to mindfulness courses start yoga maybe taking coaching classes and that's also in the mm -hmm. small you know open your mind and mm -hmm. get in, in contact with the inner universe mm -hmm. I think is important mm -hmm. so it's on very many levels but we can start there we can st you know I think actually we have to start with ourselves in order to make some changes you have to start with yourself first mm -hmm. what are you doing on a let's say a regular basis or so in order to maintain that kind of contact with your inner self I meditate and I've done that for about 10 years mm -hmm. uh, because I had my first job as a CEO 10 years ago. Mm. It became mm. quite exhausting, a great experience, but I, I lost balance in a way, so I had to start to try to find that again. Mm -hmm. So I started meditating. So now I get up at 5 every morning and I meditate for 55 minutes. And a couple of years ago I started to do the Vipassana, which is, it, it is from the Buddhist, but it's non-religious. Mm. Uh, so I would say I'm a Vipassana meditator, and mm. that has helped me a lot. Mm. 
So that's what I do for myself. And I also uh, combine that with running or, you know, walk in the woods. I'm out a lot in the nature. And it sounds, you know, so cheesy, but for me, that's the best. That's where I get all my ideas. And, and these 55 minutes, are they also like an inner dialogue that you kind of bring up things like a question you have and then you just leave it to simmer there and see what happens if there is any answer maybe it's the wrong word but you know some kind of response that you get from inside i usually start with that but okay yep. because i can you can sense it in a body if there's something mm -hmm. one interesting thing is the more stressed i am the less i want to do the meditation but i usually just sit there before i start and say okay what's going on right now and then i'm going to the meditation mm -hmm. And when I'm done, I always have the answer, even though I'm not particularly paying attention to, to the question mm -hmm. or what I'm worried about. It just comes. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's helped me. Uh, my days are so much more effective. And th the game mm -hmm. plan for the day is also just, it's there when I'm done. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what to do and how to solve maybe a certain issue. Mm -hmm. But in what kind of shape or form does the answer or guidance it could come like a, a straight idea, this is how you should do it, but it could also come like a uh, feeling, you know, mm -hmm. if I'm worried when I'm done, I'm not worried, no, mm -hmm. I'm super mm -hmm. calm, so then it's not an issue anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if, if you could give, you know, just one piece of advice or so to leaders, however you define those, uh, what would it be? Watch... Uh, the Wizard of Odds mm -hmm. every once in a while mm -hmm. because I think that is such a fantastic story about how to help each other to grow but I would also say don't be too preoccupied with your own excellence mm -hmm. surround yourself with people who balance your weaker sides and make you feel good mm -hmm. formulate clear values I'm always talking about that the direction or roadmap is so much more important than the goal and always be transparent. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's hard, it, it is hard if you're in a leading position, but be as transparent as you can, because people have uh, a tremendous ability to sense things. Does it often happen that you say, I don't know? More and more, and you know, in the beginning I said, my God, what happened? I thought I would be wiser and know much more the older I get, but it's the opposite. I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> I do say, I don't know. And I've been mm, so much better and uh, delegate things and give the responsibilities. Mm. And of course, that has something with my own security mm. to do, I think. There is a lot of um, power and actually maybe a source of creativity in this when you don't have an answer. Because I think that will lead you to a place where you will actually experiment. When I had this interview with Seth Godin, when he says that you know, nobody needs managing. Leadership is really about being out there doing things that you don't know. You're experimenting, you're going, taking new routes. That's really what leadership is about because it's out there that you will discover things, uh, new perspectives, new ideas, new solutions and so on. And if you don't dare to take people places where nobody has sometimes been, there's no leadership. I completely agree with you. But if you would, um, let's say, give advice to yourself 15 or so years ago, uh, what would that be? I would say look for balance in life and the rest will be okay. You will sort it out. But the balance is the most important. Mm -hmm. And I love something that uh, 
Maya Angelou said, she said that sometimes you can do everything right and things will still go wrong. The key is to never stop doing right. And it is hard because if I throw away a can knowing it's not good for the environment, mm. but I still do it, don't do it again. But if you mm. somehow you keep on repeating mm. bad patterns and habits, uh, and don't. And I, I love that advice. But for me, balance. I would have said that. Petronella, don't forget the balance. Find the balance, and everything will be okay. Are you then thinking about the professional, private kind of balance, or some other kind of? Uh, both professional balance, professional uh, and private, mm -hmm. inner balance, outer balance. Mm -hmm. uh, because no one talked with me about my own universe when I was a child. I had to find that out myself. Mm -hmm. But when I started to do that, and I could actually actually see that. You know, there is a balance. I could find some balance inside and outside mm -hmm. in Petronella. And that's when, you know, things started to happen for me. Mm. But it's always interesting to think, you know, would it have been better that somebody had kind of shown you that door before? Or was it even better that you discovered it yourself? Because then it becomes more powerful in your life, yeah. right? Probably. <laughs> you know, when I was 40, I was like, why didn't I know this when I was 30? And mm -hmm. I said, you know why? Because you had to go through this yourself. Because no one can, you know, I, I remember my sister always told me, you need to do your homework when I was a child. Do your homework because it's good for you. Mm -hmm. You learn things and it will make life a little bit easier for you. Now I'm saying the exact same thing to my daughter. She's not listening. I didn't listen, you know. You have to <laughs> learn some things the hard way, I think. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like it has to be stuck in your cell memories. <laughs> I had that discussion yesterday actually with my son and he said, I don't understand why the education system is pushing us through this kind of boxes. You know, everybody's learning different ways and so on. And why can't we learn everything wh while we are in school? I mean, add another two hours if you need, but let us learn together in school in a structured, clever way, and we will find our ways to do it instead of always having some kind of luggage to carry to home, you know, which is that homework every day, two, three hours a day. And actually, there is a sense of uh, <laughs> a good thought in that yeah, as well. And I totally agree. We have a, a school uh, close where I live, uh, it's the Finnish school in, in Stockholm. They are doing exactly that. They don't have homeworks. And they are the one who always score the highest on all national tests and everything. Mm. So I don't understand why don't everyone else do the same thing? Mm. Because it is something in there. And we all are different. What do you think is the most important thing for companies to focus on right now, if there is like one common denominator? I think to think through how the company can help the world to be a little bit better. It doesn't have to be world-changing, but what can I do as a company mm -hmm. to help the society, to help my employees to actually mm -hmm. do good? I think that's very important. And once the role of the company is formulated with the values, communicated as often as possible in every context, and I've said this before, but I do believe that uh, companies can be seen as microcosmos of the society and where we as leaders can have a big impact 
when it comes to inclusiveness and how we run the companies with good values and actually con contribute to the society as a whole. Yeah, definitely. And it's so actually beautiful and more inspiring also for, to work with other people and in a company where they see themselves as an instrument for something bigger than themselves. I mean, we all want that at the end of the day. You don't change companies or cultures. You change uh, individual minds. You know, people need something to relate to, and that's where you have to start. And as a leader, we can play the role in encouraging a culture where we see each other as resources rather than a burden. Mm. You know, try mm. to help the egos don't get in the way. Do you believe that a big company like IKEA or H&M or similar companies could really live a bigger purpose all the way? Especially companies who are driven uh, uh, by the owners or entrepreneurial driven mm. and uh, who owns the why in the organization, they can. And I think that's why IKEA has been so successful because you had Ingvar Kamprad who was living the why all the time and he owned it mm. and everyone he surrounded himself with started to own it mm. you know so now everyone is actually living the brand and living the why but of course it's hard for them they have you know mm. but he has always you know had this long-term game plan and I think he's been very successful but it's hard for, I think SOS also had that with Janne Karlsson, you know, and that was a big white collar organization. But he was so keen on delivering on the purpose. So he got everyone on board and managed, but when he left, and I think that's also one thing. I would probably leave Orchestrum Holtz one day, but God forbid if things leave with me, you know, that's not an option. So. Mm. I work for a sustainable Orkestam Hall, just as Göran Orkestam did when he, mm. together with three others, uh, started Orkestam Hall 15 years ago. Mm. You know, it's a heritage. You just have it for a while and then you pass it on, hopefully a little bit better than it was when you mm. joined. To leave on a, on a very big note here, what do you think the world needs most at this time? Reduce polarization, populist and extremism mm -hmm. and that doesn't only count for Sweden I think of course. Uh, mm -hmm. the rest of the world and increase understanding consensus and good conversations today we had a United Nations soldier here at the agency uh, who used to work in Mali a couple of years ago and he told us about Mali and how it was to be a United Nations soldier and what he learned and uh, Mm -hmm. his experience about it and you know good conversations can come from anywhere you know we working with advertisers but for us to bring in Oscar his name was is Oscar and to listen about his experience you know, expand your mind uh, so we try to bring in different kind of uh, mm -hmm. going back to uh, open discussions happy having discussions mm -hmm. about everything how was it to actually be on the podcast great no, I really, really enjoyed it. And when I looked at the questions, you know, they're actually s very, very good, really, very thought through questions. Mm -hmm. At first I said, wow, these are big. How, how shall I, you know, navigate this? But it came very easily after a while. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're brilliant. Thank you very much mm -hmm. for having me.
and it actually started to reboot my mind a bit uh, because you don't think about things, some of the questions that often, and it's actually quite important to do what is important, what is my passion, what did transform me, and you know, the meatball mm. story just came, and you know, I, it's always been in, in my backbone, sort of, but I never articulated mm -hmm. this way. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Petronella, thank you so much, thanks for sharing, you're a lovely person. To find out more, head to akestamholst.se, it's spelled A-K-E-S-T-A-M-H-O-L-S-T dot S-E. And you will also find links and show notes on corporateunplugged.com slash podcast. So remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Acast, and I also truly appreciate if you share this episode with your network and friends for impact. Share it with the people you know would benefit from hearing it. Thanks for listening and until next time, live with purpose and remember to unplug. Ciao. Hey though.